Imagine if you are in your workplace and then you look outside in the sky. A strange object flying in the air is something that you've never seen before. An object that is metal-like but doesn't seem to have any engines protruding out of it. However, it's there and you just see it landing near an apartment roof and you see its pilots. They look like you but for some reason they don't. Their proportions are abnormal and they have green skin. Though this might seem like a normal UFO story or creepypasta, it was honestly not far from the indigenous uh, tribes of Papua New Guinea. Farted when they saw giant metal birds flying the skies and dropping cargoes of goods. They essentially thought these were gifts from their long gone ancestors, and the pale men were actually from the land of the dead. The belief is that the ancestors are sending these planes to bring gifts to the land of the living, and the white men are stealing it from them. This belief came from Batiri, a native who knew how to read and write English. Uh, he discovered boxes in military base and saw it written out batteries, and therefore putting two together that this was supposed to be his. They imitated the airplanes by building their own imitations out of trees and their ancestors wouldn't know where to land these planes. Now this led to the question of why they believe the plane is such a magical creature. Human beings sometimes don't realize that everything they have, and especially planes, were just created um, only 115 years ago. Now putting it into perspective, humankind have always made fantasies of flying, such as Icarus, Venama, and the Da Vinci's flying machine. All of these uh, were thought of uh, hundreds of years ago, but now uh, we have not only reached this dream, but far beyond what they might believe as uh, a near miracle level of achievement. Before the Wrights Before the Wright Brothers' successful biplane designs, humans have tried numerous times to find ways to conquer the skies. Da Vinci's flying machine, though looks surprisingly similar to what we would see later in early designs, it failed due to the concept that flapping the wings will work as something as big as a human and not to mention the weight of the machine itself. In the late 1700s, we began to see the invention of air balloons. Though it had the ability to carry a human off the ground, it did not allow humans to control where they were heading. However, it was a man named Sir George Cale that had started making headway in aviation technology. His first sketches were made in 1799, but in 1853, with an improved model, the prototype glider was put to the test and worked. The meaning of worked was it being highly uncontrollable and the pilot, who was Kale's uh, coachman, quit after the first flight. Even with this highly volatile experiment, it most certainly caught the attention of the two brothers in America. The Rights to Fly The very start of the creation of the Rights of Brothers to Fly machine called Kitty Hawk was not exactly what you would say an instant success. It took months to just build a machine, and it will take more time to even find a place that is suitable for the test flights. However, they began to show progress. They began to create the first glider, but it was just that, a glider. 
It didn't produce it that much flirt, which was essential for it to fly and not just slowly fall down to the ground. Cue Toy Story memes. <laughs> the second uh, model was uh, again a failure. They tried to widen the wingspan and deeper the cambers. Uh, which, by the way, cambers are the shapes of the wings uh, that it can be sloped up uh, or sloped down. The third glider, with better knowledge of aerodynamics, uh, the brothers uh, made headway into aviation technology, and it was the first time they used a propeller on the glider. Finally, on December 17th, 1903, they finally did it. This was the first time in history that humans are not just able to glide, but to fly. They ran multiple runs, and the highest they have gotten was 852 feet or 260 meters. Over the following years, the planes have caught the attention of major powers such as France, Belgium, Britain, Germany, and the United States. Here we see a massive development, where in the following years, the Wright brothers have already built what we would thought of today as a catapult for planes to increase their speed in the liftoff. Just to have a little bit more information about catapults, uh, they are basically what you would see in the aircraft carriers, uh, which uh, these uh, catapults would basically have little tethers uh, that, uh, put, uh, that puts uh, the jets in place and accelerates it uh, when it is taking off. War since the very beginning of airplanes, there has been the part of many discussions of how to utilize the skies, some of which were commercial, but at the very start of it was military-based. The French became quick adopters of this technology, and in 1912, Harriet Quimby was the first woman to cross the English Channel to France. Imagine, not even 10 years later, from the first successful flight of the Kitty Hawk, people can now fly for miles, where it once took a boat that could have taken more than 4 hours to go across the channel. The ever-growing powers of the European nations have also advanced military-based aviation technology at a relatively fast pace. In fact, on July 7, 1912, it was the first time the recording of airplanes was tested with attached machine guns and led to a success. On November 12, a seaplane was successfully launched off a catapult on a boat. Finally, in 1913, the appearance of the first flyable airplanes was greatly changed. Gone were the days of flimsy, paper-like frames. The airplanes now contain cockpits, enclosed fuselages, actual control panels, and a motor that runs on 200 horsepower. To compare, the first successful flight of the Kitty Hawk was running on 12 horsepower. What's more amazing is that in the same year, December 23rd, 1913, George Lugan-Norks was the first man to use an airplane to fly at an altitude of 6,120 meters, which was also the first time where the oxygen mask was used in flight. World War II in the following years, the achievements of the past would always seem minuscule to what happens next. Unlike the First World War, where the usage of aircraft wasn't as important as ground infantry or the, or the Navy, however, World War II is a time of major usages of fighters, bombers, and transports, while also the creation of jet-powered airplanes 
gone with the usage of uh, clunky biplanes and was uh, the start of what we would see as uh, modern models of what a usual airplane would look like. Uh, a much more polished frame while carrying better engines, uh, cockpits uh, with uh, glass uh, covering the pilots. Specifically, this was uh, the major introduction of iconic uh, airplanes such as the Messerschmitts. Uh, the BF-109, for example, has a wing loading ratio of 100 kilograms per meter squared, which uh, wing load means uh, the weight of the aircraft divided by the area of its wings. Its top speed was uh, 250 miles per hour and it climbed up to uh, 9,997 meters uh, or up to 32,800 feet. However, this is just the early phases of the war. When the war was near its end, the British and German uh, both created their own jet-powered aircraft. Uh, specifically, the British-made Gloucester Meteor was able to reach up to speeds of uh, 598 miles per hour. Finally, to compare to one of the fastest planes in World War One, the Austrian Noller, which was a fighter, pro fighter prototype, uh, was recorded to only able to go as fast as 149 miles per hour. <laughs> Miscellaneous Aviation Vehicles Over the following years, many other types of ways to travel in the air were developed, or more specifically, the Zeppelin. Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin first came up with the idea in the late 1800s where he was in a lecture about world postal service and air travel. He discovered that in the American Civil War, it led to the usage of hot air balloons for probing the enemy for artillery bombardment and scouting. He developed the idea of giant uh, floating uh, balloons that was able to move in multiple directions uh, as a mode of transportation. It was a massive vehicle. It was uh, 128 meters long and 12 meters wide, uh, with it carrying 11.3 cubic meters of hydrogen gas and sports two 12.7 horsepower Daimler engines. The first flight only lasted 20 minutes, but it did beat France's airship, the La France, of 6 meters per second. Over the years, Zeppelins have transported over a million people and were able to travel vast distances. The Cold War Though there were no technical wars directly with American and Soviet soldiers, massive improvements were once again administered to their airplanes that were used for both showing their own country's technological superiority and reconnaissance, while the commercial usages of airplanes were also being tested. More specifically, the Concorde, and no, not the American location. What's so special about the plane, you might ask? You can quickly search up its image, and yes, it does have a strange sign with a nose that is pointed downwards instead of the usual straight roundedness of normal uh, Boeing. The nose uh, had the, was used uh, to be more effective uh, to pierce air and would uh, actually move the position of the nose uh, for the pilot's uh, vision as well. However, the true engineering marvel was its speed, for the Concorde has a cruising speed of 1350 miles per hour, twice the speed of sound, where it would have taken the colonists uh, months to cross the Atlantic Ocean to America. Now it only took uh, less than three hours. Now to something more impressive was the Blackbird, an American reconnaissance uh, aircraft that was able to fly at Mach 3, or to be more specific, just a bit over 2180 miles uh, per hour. Now think of how long it will take to circumnavigate the globe. The Concorde was able to do it in less uh, than 33 hours. Uh, the reason why uh, the Blackbird uh, is not able to do this uh, was because of its, with all its technologies uh, to create uh, the amazing feat of engineering, it was barely holding itself together. 
The titanium shell of the Blackbird was supposed to be maintaining the structure of the plane, mainly because of the heat that can be resisted to 600 Fahrenheit. Mainly because of how, was again, fast Mach 3 is, it would usually have a major buildup of heat, of which the titanium, was again, alloy was able to resist up to a higher amount of, was again, temperature. It has uh, movable skin panels, uh, which are needed to maintain the shape and pressurization of the aircraft. Uh, the reason for this additional uh, uh, was to ad adapt to the stretchiness of the Blackbird. When it g goes to Mach 3, because when you're going at that speed, the speed could warp the metal, of which accounts show that the Blackbird actually grew a few inches. <laughs> Though there are just uh, footnotes to one of the greatest advancements of the age. Spaceflight. The ongoing shadow war with the United States and the USSR wasn't just uh, proxy battles and military coups. It's a mix of political domination, military might, economic superiority, and scientific advancements, all of which can be stated in the space race. Though we may think of it as a romantic time where humanity all decided to explore the stars, that would be a bit different than what they thought of it in the past. The people were optimistic about the boundless expanse of space. For the government of both nations, it was a competition. It both galvanized the usage of rockets for deploying nuclear payloads, and also showed that their nation had an economy strong enough to go through with such an expensive task. By expensive, I mean the cost of billions of dollars, of which was reported to be around 30 billion. Not much when you think about it, but we had to take in, uh, let's say again, the uh, inclusion of uh, inflation, which is uh, today's prices around $288.1 billion in today's standards. The USSR had the upper hand with the launching of Sputnik 1 on October 4, 1957. This was not just a regular object to merely float in space, for it was there to test the density of the atmosphere, visual ways of orbit tracking, and radio testing. Ringing any bells here, anybody? Anyone? This is the world's first satellite. Over the following years, the two powers raced each other to have the first man on the moon. In November 3rd, 1957, you have the first living being uh, to ever be launched in space, uh, of which was a dog named Laika. January 31, uh, 1958, we have the launching of Explorer 1, America's first satellite. It was not until July 20th, 1969, that we had the American rocket Apollo 11, the rocket that carried the first man on the moon, and on that day, millions of people heard the famous words of Neil Armstrong, That's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. However, over the following years, we see a decline in space exploration. The giant bu budget that uh, we had in the 1964 to 1967 of almost $60 billion has, all, has been greatly reduced, and the most recent uh, lowest minimum of NASA's budget was $17 billion in 2013. Why is this the case? What is the reason for space exploration to be so suddenly slowed down? We see that it is a possibility for people to go up in the, to the moon. So why is there no incentive to go up and start a colony? 
Why in the world did it take us more than thirty years to come back? Modern age. Like all things, it's much more complex than most people would think. The thing is that it's very costly to fly a giant rocket that will weigh more than a hundred tons, and we are not counting in the newest supplies that it will be needed to start the new colony. Yes, flying to the moon is awesome. I think most of us will agree to that. However, it has cost hundreds and hundreds of millions to billions of dollars to launch a rocket successfully. Then no wonder the government isn't that stoked to go back.、Uh, however, things are changing on SpaceX, and of course,、uh, I'm covering them. Having successfully、uh, created reusable rockets, and think of this, they used to promise that their rockets would only cost around sixty-two million dollars. But with the new、uh, development of、uh, reusable rockets, it has been reported that it will be cut. To cost down to thirty-six million dollars per flight. The thing is, we already launched people to space and back. It's not about aliens on the moon or the government faking it. It's just that they already won a competition, and they would rather find something better for the money to spend it than go to the moon, which at that time they thought of it as just one giant rock with no actual value. Now, with spaceflight、uh, finally being、uh, marketable year by year, major corporations、uh, have also become interested in such prospects, such as SpaceX,、uh, their competitor uh, Blue Origin. Uh, yeah, the final frontiers of、uh, space exploration may be controlled by more than just governmental-funded、uh, agencies, uh, but entrepreneurs. <laughs> The future and magic. We are still a long way from creating a city by today's standards and another world. However, it is not far from our lifespans that we may see the first signs of a settlement. Elon Musk claims that he will be sending people to Mars by 2026. However, this seems a Bit fast since NASA won't be launching their own mission、uh, in, until、uh, 2033. But if he does succeed, then it's just a few less years、uh, for us to wait、uh, for the impossible. Finally, let's end with the analogy I created in the beginning. Remember back when I was talking about aliens with mystical technologies、uh, that we could hardly conceive of? Well, look back at it now and imagine what happens if a boy saw the first biplanes or zeppelin. Man's first actual flight, not just floating uncontrollably, not just flying off from a parachute, but sailing the skies like a ship on the open oceans. Then,、uh, over the labors and horrific years, the boy, now a man, saw the unthinkable—a giant tower. They call a rocket.、Uh, didn't just fly off the ground, but soared. Piercing the very skies, and went beyond the mysterious voids of space, the final frontier. Isn't that any less magical? To see that humanity, in not even a hundred years, they achieved 
what they would thought of as just myths, fiction, just to tell the children about the valuable lesson of hubris. And you know what's more astonishing? Well, not done yet. 